0: you're listening to the hockey podcast network new shows every day find us at the hockey podcast network.com or wherever you get your podcasts from hockey fans if you'd like a copy of my new book tales with tr fights film and folklore head on over to BlankerPress.com. If you'd like a personalized copy for $25 plus shipping, email me at terryryan2020 at gmail.com. That's terryryan2020 at gmail.com. and gentlemen, boys and girls, happy holidays and welcome to episode 134A, Tales with Tierra. I'm your host, Terry Ryan Jr. Getting ready for the holidays in a weird way this year. My daughter, Penny Lane, flew out to Calgary to see her mom for a few weeks. So I'll be here solo. This is night one. Do I go downtown and get shit-faced? Hmm. I'm going to ask my question. Oh, yeah. uh, the question is going to arise a few times in the next few weeks because this is a great spot to be, that being Newfoundland, my area, Mount Pearl, St. John's, Newfoundland. It's a great spot to be at this time of year, man. There's all kinds. They know how to do it right. There's all kinds of parties, um, all kinds of festive cheer people attitude culture it's just it's wild and uh every day every night there's something to do i know you can say that about most places at christmas but we have a very unique setup here and i love starting with the mummers festival i don't know if i have ever explained mummering to people i'm pretty sure that most people that are listening to this don't know what mummering is so i'll tell you what mummering is It mostly, I guess, when I was growing, it, it, it goes back, and, and again, I did this in folklore in school, mummering has changed, but mummering started, I guess, our descendants that came over from mostly mostly the UK uh, way back when, like I said, Newfoundland as the oldest settled European communities in North America it goes back f- Over 400 years. St. John's, I think, is 1605. I think Cupid's is 1602, around where Danny Cleary's from. So we took a lot of traditions with us. And I've often said it, like, you know, with no electricity and such crazy wind and and, and weather. You know, a lot of fish, but... So they were all... You know, if you had a family, I could see why you would come here and want to make a living. But, man, those are rough conditions with no electricity you know so over time a lot of these you know songs that you might, you might hear great big c those who though, i think most people would know who i'm talking about when i say great big c you know newfoundland music is kind of wrapped in with irish music even though we're not all irish the irish descendants is actually the name of the band I, I think they kind of dominated the culture at least around where i am I I understand it was almost equal parts Scottish, English, Irish, and then, you know, a little bit of all different kinds of cultures. But that was who settled our area in the 1600s, you know, till about, well, till now. That's the last four or five hundred years. So so one of those traditions is mummering. So what what it is, is you you dress up, but I've, I've explained this before poorly. When I say dress up, I don't mean like Halloween, where you're like, oh, there's Mickey Mouse, there's Bernie Rubble. How did Bernie Rubble come into my head? Uh, You know, whatever, Donald Trump, whatever is relevant and a good costume that you see at Halloween, that's not the case. When I say dress up, it almost means uh, mummering is disguise. So you might see people with like literally long underwear on. There's a song about it, the Mummers song. Check it out. It's on YouTube. Uh, Simani is the name of the band, S-I-M-A-N-I. It's a real, it might look funny, but I think that song came out in the 80s, but it, it really reflects on a culture that we have, a tradition, and that's what you do. So you just get together. I've done it. it, it mostly when I was growing up, it was in the outports, being smaller communities, you know, around the the coast of Newfoundland, which have been, Rather well preserved over all that time because of the traditions and and you know a lot of not a lot of people are moving to Arnold's Cove or Joe Betts Arm or Fogo, but they have big traditions there. Most of what happens is that the kids get older now and they come on into St. John's. You get more people in the communities, in the bigger communities out west. It would be Cornerbrook and uh, out east, St. John's. I, I say Mount Pearl, but I'm just we're a suburb of St. John's. The whole area, I suppose, CBS, uh, Paradise. Portugal Cove, Torbay. You know, you add all those together, like you do, um, and it's probably a little over two hundred thousand people. So now it's making a resurgence in here. There's a mummers' parade. I'll, I'll explain what it is first. So, yeah, you 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 disguise yourself. You dress so you might like guys wear bras or in, in a weird, not not in a sexual way either watch the song, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, basically a disguise, man. I, I I used to go around and just put a, like a, God, a, a, a toque with like a ski mask, maybe. Um, maybe one of those, you know, scarves that come I forget what they're called, but we used them during the pandemic. It's like a scarf that's around your neck and you pull it up over your mouth and nose, you know, put a ski mask on. Whatever. So no one knows who you are. And most places in these communities would have drinks on during Christmas. Everywhere's different. During Christmas, we would usually go on Tibbs Eve out around the bay, right? We would drive out like a half hour, an hour and do this. And uh, But again, it happens in St. John's. With the bigger communities nowadays, it's probably not the most popular thing to just randomly go and r- run into somebody's house. But again, in a lot of these smaller communities, it still happens. And, you know, a lot of our traditions and... Camaraderie and, you know, us as Newfoundlanders, the fiber of our being is that close, closely knit kind of culture, right? Like, we, I think that's what makes us good teammates when it comes to sports uh, and business partners, whatever it might be. We we, we just generally have each other's backs, and that translates, I think, into the real world and being someone that can be relied upon. Trustworthy people, hardworking people, you know, these are all. These are all positive attributes, I think. And, and you know, we're generally can, can bring together a room. Um, it's generally our makeup. So anyway, there's a lot of trust. And, and yeah, you go in. So you, you might go in with four or five people completely dressed up. And you walk in and these people will have, you know, the hosts should be whoever lives there, I guess, would have, uh, you know, drinks out, usually some rum, spiced rum, like whatever vodka and some mix, and you 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 listen to a song or two, have a drink, try to figure out who it is, and uh, maybe have a yarn. Um, when I say we would do it, we would just go to a random community uh, I grew up in, or sorry, my relatives are all from St. Josephs, which is a really small community. Uh, my dad grew up in Grand Falls, smaller than St. John's, but a little bit bigger, probably eight or nine, ten thousand people, and um, St. Josephs there were like hundreds, and. Uh, you know now it's it's you know, like times and traditions they often change, right? Anyway, it's great, and the the song. Although check it out on, online, the mummer's song by Semini. It it is really funny, but it's part of our culture. It, 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 that's part of our Christmas music every year. You know that everywhere has some Christmas music. We got our own own unique and lots of bands in Newfoundland. Lots of art uh, art here. Lots of Christmas music, Christmas paintings, Christmas songs. But in my mind, the Christmas. Songs have lasted the longest. We do have some great Christmas-themed movies and and whatnot over the years. I won't get into it, but there are a few songs that really stand out at Christmas time from bands like Great Big Sea to Shannon to Irish Descendants, and this one band is called Sim and, I, and it's short for Sam and I, I believe, and they just call them Seminai, and, and that's a, it's a beautiful song, or it's, I wouldn't say beautiful, but it's a catchy song. And deals with the, the the history of mummering. So that happens here. Um, the only other place I've ever heard is in Philadelphia. They have a mummer's parade. I was down there one year. And when I revisited it in folklore, a lot of the same people, right? The United States started with 13 colonies on the West Coast. It was called the 13 colonies before it was called the United States. And a lot of Newfoundlanders and, and by extension Atlantic Canadians. When there weren't as... The borders weren't as obvious, and people were just arriving. It was a lot of the same people, relatives, families. So if you go to places like Boston and Philadelphia in particular, you'll find a lot of similarities. Not only that, you'll find a lot of the same people, like the same families. It wasn't that long ago in human history, if you think how long it goes, just a fraction of a hairline was you know, a couple of hundred years ago, and it's interchangeable. A lot of people went back and forth. So a lot of the traditions kind of ended up warped, maybe changed a little bit in each place. But that's what mummering is. And I believe it started like, you know, mummering started hundreds of years before that, even like overseas. So now in St. John's, there's a mummer's parade every year. And I really look forward to that. And that's basically, you know, same thing. You just dress up, you go. And now at this point, uh, you go on a parade. There's a route and and you end up somewhere in town and you have some Newfoundland Screech, for example, or some treats from Purity Factory, which is a local thing here. Uh, So just like that, for example, right? And a lot of places have a mummer's party. Um, There's every night on George Street, there's something. At the very least, festive uh, lights and, and Christmas cheer and all that stuff. But there's stuff happening all over town. People, it's just like the festivals in the summer. We talk about the George Street Festival here in St. John's, and a lot of people think, oh, George Street, it's awesome, and it is. The George Street Festival is wicked, but every weekend starting in June, there's a festival somewhere, and people take big pride in it. There's a, a strawberry festival in Deer Lake. I remember I ran, I didn't even know that happened a few years ago. We just ran into it. There's a blueberry festival over in Brigus, I believe, and there's versions of this all over. every Every little town that I know of as some kind of festival. And it's great in the summertime to go and enjoy a nice day, maybe go for a hike and hit these communities, at least the closer ones. By close, I mean, I'll drive two hours, no sweat, um, go to some of these places and, and take in the local events. And so Christmas is probably the most positive vibe you know, because it's all happening at one time. The summer, as we all know, lasts a lot longer, June, July, and August for the most part than Christmas, but we will pack it all into, in, into one little spot. And there's a lot of people that come back, make it a priority to come back here for Christmas, July, just like everywhere. So, a few of these events, like I know on, on, on uh, I always mention Blue on Water at the end of my podcast. Well, they have a good Tibbs Eve. If you don't know what Tibbs Eve is, that's December 23rd. And, uh, I know that I'll run into some buddies there even if I haven't talked to him all year. I usually run into Teddy Purcell. Those hockey fans out there, that's where I usually see Teddy at, at Christmas, although he's not coming home this year. But you get the idea. You get the idea. It's a busy, very uh, friendly time of year, as it is everywhere. But uh, I gotta think there's more booze involved here. I Just everywhere people are boozing. It's so much fun, but uh, yeah, a lot of drinks involved. I suppose that's not too unique, but you'd have to be here, I guess, to know what I'm talking about. St. John's Christmas time is the gear, as they say. So, and we'll move on to a question or two. And the first one is idiotic. And here we go with today's first idiotic question Hey, TR. My name is Paul Blank. I won't say it. Love the Habs. Love your show. Listen. I'm wondering if you have a beat on Habs tickets. Hundreds level would be great. Also, is there a chance we can get in the room? I know Carey Price, but I lost his number. Okay, I lost his number. You can trust me, though. If you send it along, he'll be fine with it. My brother played hockey with him in Salmon Arm, B.C. Well, Paul. How can I phrase this? Let me think. There's absolutely no fucking chance. How about that? And just because I played on the Canadians, I don't have everybody's number on speed dial. I don't have Carey Price's number. And I played for the fucking team and I would consider it way out of line to send him a message if I did have it. I mean, (laughs) it's just nuts. Like hundreds level would be great. Paul, I've never met you. A lot of people listen to this show. I'm real busy. I get all kinds of messages. Did you really think that nobody asked me for, and and I wouldn't, if I was going to give tickets away, I would give them to a good, it'd have to be a good friend or family member for me to even try. It's almost insulting. Like, do you think I'm just ticket master? Like, what do you think I'm going to do with that? Get right on it? Like, do you think I'm going to go fuck my research on Friday's guest? Who's Dave McIsaac, by the way, fuck that. You know what? I got to get right on this. Paul seems like a good guy because he listens to my show and he's been at a Habs game where he likes the Habs. That's all I have to go by. Your brother played with him in Salmon Arm, which could be one game. It could be bullshit. And if it isn't bullshit, why the fuck aren't you getting his number off your brother? Just crazy. And this is just delete all the way. But sometimes I write them down and fucking read them out. Just, Because just, if you do listen to this podcast, Paul, hopefully you can hear your itis, idiocy ring through. You can hear it in real time. That is a ridiculous fucking question. It's an ignorant question. And it's an insulting question. No, I'm not getting you fucking tickets in the hundreds. No, I'm not getting you, whoever the fuck you are, into the room. And vouching for people, that's the other thing. I'm just going to vouch for somebody I don't know. You go in the room and fucking light it on fire for all I fucking know. You seem crazy enough to do it. Oh, and just send along Carrie Price's number. Anyway. Three fucking strikes, you're out. That's three strikes in one question. Please don't get back to me. No, I'm never going to get you tickets. And if I had free ones, I would fucking throw them in the garbage before I give them to you. Jesus fucking Christ. Okay. Next question. Hey, TR, do you play any of those alumni games with the Habs? Okay. Uh, I'm answering this one because, yes, I'm, I'm playing. Uh, it's been a couple of years. I've been so busy. But uh, I was contacted by the team the other day. I'm pretty excited. We're going to go to Labrador January 13th and 14th. The 14th is my birthday. Um, But we're going to go there. As I recall, maybe Darren Langdon, maybe Michael Ryder, um, as far as I was told, some Newfoundlanders, some Atlantic Canadians. And then with the touring Habs, whoever it might be. Last time it was Patrice Brisebois. I know Matthew Dandeneau did it. Whatever it is, it's always a good time to, uh, even though it's years after the fact, um and it's not the NHL, obviously. It's just fucking awesome to get out there. we the Habs logo again. And usually we uh we pack these arenas and uh you know they I think half the money goes to charity. However they work it out, they they fly us in and treat us well and uh the whoever hosts the game gets lots of money for minor hockey. As far as I understand, so everybody wins, but we're gonna do that. Anything else in the future, guys, just uh Stay tuned to my Instagram. Usually I post all this, right? Terry Ryan2020. And uh I'm not as active on Twitter as I was. Twitter's poison. I'm not, I'm not referring to Elon Musk, although it seems like a bit of a shit show. But I, I don't even care. I don't I, I find it all poisonous anyway. Um I find the whole process, it's it's tough for me to just write it. Like cause a lot of Twitter is just people throwing their opinion out and getting reaction. So I don't know, like the other day, like, you know, fifty people that I follow, and it's mostly news at this point. I'm doing it for news. Say, like, you know, Messi has done it. Messi is, but but everybody knows that. What why would I want to type it? You know what I mean? Unless I got some crazy hot take and I've done that, and then all of a sudden I look down and it's eight million reactions. And no matter you could say that. You're giving fucking a hundred thousand dollars to charity, and someone's gonna say you fucking pompous asshole. Why not two hundred? I don't have close to that money, by the way. Uh, but you know what I mean. Like, so I just find it a cesspool of nonsense. I get, I like to get my news here and there, but again, I, I, is everybody that's loosely associated with some? Form of media are they expected to like just put out everything in sports just throw it out there like I'm pretty sure that without following you know some be local channel and bumfuck nowhere that I would have figured out that Messi won the World Cup so I don't know if the local sports guy got it but I mean it's not his fault I guess he's just doing what he does Um, so there's that and then I find it like, what statement am I going to put out there that all these people want to see? You know? Like, even if I got an opinion on I don't know, Ryan Nugent Hopkins playing a lot better lately. I find when he plays with McDavid, even it's just a power play, it's almost like sometimes he tries the same stuff. He's he, he shoots left. He, you know, he, he he's not as fast as McDavid, but he's quick. He wears white tape on his stick. So, you know, if I was just to if I think he's, McDavid is rubbing off well on him, say, and he's he's playing more like McDavid than a plug. Why do I need to type that? Like, it's just an opinion in my head. But I guess I'm doing Got Your Back podcast, and my podcast I could be, but I, I, I don't know. I, I don't like the banter because it always, ends. it's never good. It's never just... You know, a nice conversation. It's always something fucking crazy. Someone will bring in fucking COVID into it, and then I don't know how, but you could talk about someone's release on the power play from the point, and it turns into something about Donald Trump. I I, I don't know. I I'm sick of all of it, and that's why I rarely. I got to be honest. I use Twitter just to promote stuff. i like I'm, I'm, and I don't. I barely even do that. I go on Instagram. And then I end up putting it on Facebook. Facebook's just a bunch of my friends anyway, really. Um, a lot of people on there I don't know, but it's kind of, you know, it's limited. Uh, Instagram, I find I can put something out there. It's generally fairly positive. No one comes on your page to say, well, I mean, they do, but there's not as many trolls. It, you know, I think people following this podcast know enough that if they, you know, you know follow me on Instagram is probably the best idea. Um, I never thought I'd be saying that, and I don't like the whole idea of all the social media. But if, if, if you know, a lot of my, I don't hate it all now, and a lot of it's good, I, I, and I do enjoy following people that, you know, Instagram, seeing pictures from guys and girls I probably wouldn't have seen for a while, if, if at all. Uh, Twitter, it is great for you know the the, the sources that I follow. Like, I I like having the BBC news just come up. Not just that, but, you know, all my sports channels. Um, Certain friends, but very few and far between. Like, people like Ken Reed that are sports media anyway, but they're buddies and, you know, maybe I'll go on there and see what cards he's collecting. He's going to post about one of his books or whatever. That's all right. But just John or Jane Doe with an opinion, and it's a lot of people hiding behind fucking fake names. I, I don't know. It's poisonous to me. It's a headache I don't need. If I can get by without doing it, I will. I often wonder, you know, am I missing out? I don't do very really any advertising. I have no merch. I don't use Twitter barely at all. Uh, and you know, it seems to me I got a decent following on here. I got some awesome sponsors. I'm kind of happy where I am. I don't want to put more into it. I want to put more into being a better actor. I want to put, there are things I want to put more into, and I'm not trying to insult you people listening to me that I don't want this podcast to succeed. But if you like what it is now, let's just leave it at that. I'll come on early in the week and do what I do right now. I'm assuming a lot of people don't listen to this one. They only listen to the guest. I really don't know. Um, I really don't know, but I'm comfortable with this. Get up and every Monday or Tuesday, I get an idea. Try to get a guest. Um, And I got a lot on backup right now. It's just that that's the other thing. One a week, you know, if I have four in a row, that takes you a month down the road. And at this point, there's a few people calling and asking to go on. And I will get to you if, if you're if you're worthy of it. I, I mean that, though, people come out and go, hey, my brother bungee jumped. And he played Junior B and Wataskoan or some shit. I mean, I, there's lots of people. I, I, I I'm, and I'm not that I'm not interested. Maybe if I come to a town near near you and do a live one, I plan on doing that. I kick the can down the road the, the road a little bit on that, but I plan on doing that soon. You know, then I can have random people come up and we'll do it. But you know, just please, you know, I'm I, I try to get buddies on and, and people making their way in the game and I like doing that my way I generally don't need anybody sending me a, a, a guest I appreciate it I don't need it um, I've got some great I, I like spacing them out Nathan Thompson Nate Thompson who's a great fucking NHL career love the way he played two way uh, he's gonna come on he, he agreed to come on um, started following me recently I li- and I like that banter he's got a connection to Anchorage Alaska where you know I do obviously with BJ, rest in peace, uh, one of my best hockey friends, and uh, BJ passed away, as you know. Um, and I played up in Anchorage when I when I was in the East Coast. I didn't play for them. I played for Idaho and Colorado Springs, but I enjoyed it. I got a c so there. We'll, well, Nate and I will go on and we'll talk about a connection. And I saw Andrew Shy a little back and forth with him. I love the way he played. I'd love to get him on soon. I haven't asked him, but um, I believe. Well, I'm going to ask him anyway. So there, that that's the kind of people. So if it's someone I didn't directly come across, it'll be somebody like that, Nathan Thompson or Andrew Shaw. Um, uh, David Ayers was a great guest, right? I, I, I knew the story. It was phenomenal. Um, I, I didn't know many people that knew him. There wasn't much of a link. But we got to know each other online. And, uh, you know, a year, I guess, two years after the fact, I mean, his big... Big win for Carolina there was quite a story, but I knew that it would be saturated at first. But, you know, my good buddy Dave Roper's the equipment manager there, so I had a link there too. Anyway, I'm, I'm rambling more than I need to, but I'm set for guests for the most part. Hockey fans light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pre-game money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, if anybody has any ideas, of course, send them in. You know, the, uh, I don't. I've often said this. I, I enjoy banter with the fans. That's why, if you see me out, come say hi. That's what I'd rather do it. But if you are going to send messages, like honestly, Paul, I gave you shit earlier, but that's fucking ignorant, right? No, I'm not getting you hundred level tickets now, or or fucking carry Price's phone number. But you know, someone might say. ATR, just something simple. Like, did you think the Habs would be as good as they are? Boom. Then I'll talk about it on here. And someone actually did that uh, message. I can't remember. Okay. I can't remember. I think your name was Mark and I think it was Montreal, but something easy like that. And uh, I'll answer it right now. Yeah. They're exactly what I thought they would be. They're exactly what I thought. They're they're young. They make some mistakes. I, I think they're... uh they're they're actually a fun team to watch. Of the teams that aren't really battling for the Stanley Cup, no disrespect. I mean I mean this year, and who knows, anything can happen, but I I just don't think they're battling for the cup this year. Of the teams, I think they're the most exciting to watch. I really do. I love watching their team. Like, uh C- Cofield's always going to be great to watch, right? At any point he's got that release. Little little guy too, but he's got that fucking crazy release and um uh, that first-rounder, Slavkovsky, he isn't entertaining to watch because he's a good player, but he makes a lot of mistakes. Right? Uh, which is... Just 2nd second, I'll let the cat out again. It's going to be the same thing. It's going to be cold out there again, and you're going to want to get in in two minutes. Hello? Uh, yes. So... Uh, Suzuki. Fuck, man. I, I, he's the captain of the Canadians. And I think he's underrated. Like, you know, you talk about the best players in the league. I know he's probably not like that upper-upper, but fuck, is he a great captain, a great... It was big, At least so far, he seems it. He's leading a bunch of young players with the little experience he has. I mean, what, three years? He's playing like a guy who's played 15 years. He fucking... His confidence way more than when he started. He knows when to shoot it. He seems to be... You watch when the play's going on. He's communicating. Watch him on the bench. Always talking. Seems to be answering questions the right way. Hey, Nick, what did you think of the game? Never would he say, well, I'm the best player out here, and i it's always about the team. He's an old-school fucking throwback captain, and I'm really, really impressed with him. Doc, Kirby Doc, is playing a lot better than I thought. Um, Some of these young players, that Wi-Fi kid and... um or I get lost. There's so many young players, but they're they're great to watch. So how are they doing? I won't say better than I thought, because this is what I thought. They're a little bit more dynamic. They're a little bit more fun to watch than I thought. And I'm looking forward to that because um, for Christmas, I got Penny Lane. She doesn't know this. She doesn't listen to this. (laughs) She's left today, but I got her... uh, tickets to a game in Montreal. We're going to see the Habs-Leafs January 21st. There you go. So if you're listening to this, track me down, man. I'll be up there, and I love talking hockey uh, in Montreal. What a spot. Uh, again, for a while I used to trip over my bottom lip, but now I'm just happy that I got some games in with the Habs and, you know, a couple of years in the minors, and I can justify going there and, and feeling like alumni, you know. Uh, rookie of the year in the minors I often, even though it's the minors, we wore a Canadian's jersey down there in Fredericton, and, you know, we had, when we would get called up, you know, we were a lot of us were called up even for the weekend without playing. I mean, there's lots of those. And I used to feel proud, you know, going up and practicing for a couple of days with Reckie and Foose and whoever it was, telling some stories with Corson. They'd take us out for a bite to eat and then, you know, get sent back down. And that was, I mean, you know, for a while I was ashamed at my stats and the lack of games played, but... Over time, I won't say quickly, but it turned into a admiration for the Habs and really an appreciation for for the fact that I even played there. And I'm, you know, on that big plaque outside the rink it brings tears to my eyes, to be honest. Because again, if you take away my draft year, if you told me any time before that that I'd play one shift with the Montreal Canadiens, I would have flipped out. Like even now, like I'm thinking to myself as a kid, like fuck me, like if I looked at jeremy charles and said jc like three years from now when i was 15 imagine three years from now i'm gonna play a game with the montreal canadians like it would be i mean i don't think he would have said i was not so was a good hockey player but still that seems it seemed out fucking landish man and you know the expectations happen and all this shit and you know between all the fights and arguments with Tyrion and pressure and articles and the newspaper and you know, expectation at home and all that. But th- those are all things that happen. And that, that would have happened wherever I went. It was magnified in Montreal, but I was I went 8th overall, didn't I? I was, I was going to go in the first round. If I didn't go 8th, I would have gone ninth. I know I was going there. Talked to Boston, I know I was going to go 11th, Dallas. Went up with a Gindler, but I, I'm not being boastful when I say this. I just know it. You go through this process at the draft, and I was very, very, very confident that Boston were going to take me at nine. But anyway, you know, expectations change and all those things. But looking back, man, like when I, I, I can really, I can close my eyes and I feel it like skating around before the game. And, you know, here's your, here are your Montreal Canadiens. You know, we'd skate out and fuck, man, what a feeling. Some of those games, I didn't get one shift, but I felt like part of the team and I can, I can feel it. Like going out, and no bucket and warm up and, Just hearing the feeling the wind at my mullet at the time came back in. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, it's just fucking great memories. Even, even sitting out up in the fucking press box, Red Fisher treated me like a dick, but whatever. I liked going up in the media and sitting with them. Herb Zerkowski, Pat Hickey were up there. Uh, you know, people that probably didn't say the best things about me in the paper, but it's warranted. I, I know why and I know what I was supposed to do but still if I take all those expectations out and, and put them in a box and put them to the side I ate a meal an intermission meal many times with some of the most respected journalists and reporters looking down at a game being played by my team the Montreal Canadians. and and it's a weird kind of dynamic the way it all happened to me but the good memories aren't erased you know, like, when I look back, that's why I wanted to go with Tales of a First Round Nothing as the book. I didn't want it to be like this lash out against the Habs because, uh A, I'm the one who didn't go back to camp. But, B, you know, I didn't like Michelle terrien But other than that, really, other than that, there was some hiccups. I don't, you know, when Patrick Waugh got, Traded and everybody got fired along with it. Those are the people that drafted me. So I understand the people that came in that probably I wasn't their first pick. I mean, you've got to get out of your own way and realize that. I wouldn't have been a lot of people's first pick. They did play me a bit. And, you know, I guess in their minds, they thought I was probably going to make a better tough guy than power play guy. So, you know, they did. I mean, I, I, I don't mind fighting. But when I saw it was one or two shifts a game to go do that, I wanted out. And uh, I really do respect their opinion and whatever. I just wish I'd gotten traded earlier. I didn't get injured and all that. But those are all, you know, just branches of a tree that grew out of more positivity than anything. You know, growing into a man, you know, getting drafted at 18. When was I out of there at 22? And all those camps and minor league games and call-ups and, you know, traveling around and with the team. When I was 19, like I said, I was there almost the whole year. I only played three or four games. And, um, yeah, it's just some fucking great memories, man. I mean, it was the Montreal Canadiens. There's someone in Argentina right now on the soccer team that didn't get into that game. There's probably a prospect. And over the next few years, when he goes home to Argentina, There's probably a lot of people going, fuck, man, you didn't get into the game. And maybe that fog will gloss his eyes over a little bit, but as the time goes by, he's going to go, I won the World Cup. Like, not that I won the Stanley Cup, but, you know, like I, I was there. I was this guy, you know, I played for Argentina. I mean, you could fucking chop your toe in a work safety accident, couldn't you? You could do a lot of shit. He did it home to me when my buddies died, you know? BJ played a game for Detroit. What does it matter now? He's in the ground for 15 years. So, I guess, and this, I didn't always think like this, but I do think that making the positives, and you know, people say, you know, mental reset or whatever it might be, and this and that. You know, talk to a therapist, talk to friends, talk to you. That's definitely all good stuff. But I do think that there, there's a key you can turn in your head and just wash all the shit out. Um, ever, ever have someone that's, I've dated people and, uh, you know, they probably won't get back to you with a text or something. It's like, hey, do you want to go eat? Sure. Where do you want to go? And then you don't hear back for like seven hours. And you're just like, what the fuck is this bitch doing? You know, playing with my fucking head. For me, it's not even a question. I just block. That's Or or just go, hey. Right, they finally get back to me. Oh, yeah, sorry about that. I was whatever. Now, of course, once is, but you know what I mean. There's the type that love the drama. There's a type that love the chase. And they don't get it from me. I don't care how hot they are, how much they got going for them. I got to put my foot down. And it's not always block, but it'll be like, oh, hey, so-and-so. Sorry about that. I don't, you know, I just got a rule and I I don't want to get involved with someone that's ignorant like that and takes so long. I get 500 messages a day, hon. And uh, I always get back to my friends. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to go chasing you. You should come chasing me maybe. That's the attitude I have. So that's what I mean when it comes to, uh, that was a fucking morbid way to put it, but, you know, you need to have that break. That's just a relationship thing or even a dating thing. Um, or if someone's on you, fucking, I don't know, your 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 sport or your and, and you know, you're 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 probably not having a great day and they're in your kitchen and on your or a, or a, even a coach. You know, rather than go back, fuck you, and just fucking park it. Park it, suck it up. You might even be looking, I might be talking to a minor league player right now or a junior player and you're watching someone that's better than you play ahead of you. But it's not gonna work if you if you hold animosity in your head. And you're pissed off. Think about this. I used to go, and I believe it was Shane Corson. He would be like, do you think you're going to go your whole life always playing exactly where you should? There's going to be adversity. And people that complain every time, and it's always someone else's fault, That you you figure it right out. You can, you can see them in grade school. And a lot of them carry, a lot of them are so good that they might carry it into pro hockey and everything. But the minute that you can flush it and not complain and just want to learn and take it inside you to go over and shake your buddy's hand who got called up or who's playing on the power play and you think you should. Because nothing good is going to come from fucking hate or angst or or holding those emotions and bottling them up, or right? So, I don't know. To me, there's a lot of good that I can take out of playing with the Montreal Canadiens, people that don't like their work, right? There's probably a lot of good that you can take from it. Often while I'm on a film set and we're like 15 hours in, we were doing this movie made to kill. I'm out in the fucking sunshine camp. I'm freezing. We have sunshine camps here in Newfoundland. We filmed it around there. So, you know, we're, we're close to a pond. We're in the woods. I'm fucking freezing. 15 hours. Oh, we're going to go with three more scenes. We got to go longer. And, you know, it often pisses you off. But then you got to go, okay, but what would I be doing? What would I be doing? Before this, I nearly I, I nearly took an insurance job. I don't know anything about it. They were going to train me. Do I want to do that? Or do I want to suck it up? Yes, there's a lot of bad shit about my job, but there's a lot of good stuff too. Yes, someone else got that role, and I thought I should have gotten it. But there's lots of more roles coming. Yes, that person's on the power play. But you know what? It's a long fucking season. There's injuries that happen. If I just keep doing my job, in other words... Worry about yourself. Have a positive attitude. I know it's hard to say, especially at Christmas, man. There's anybody who passes away that's close to you around Christmas, it changes it forever, doesn't it? Changes it for fucking ever. I don't even want to talk about the things that changed my Christmases forever. But if you just you know, stay there mentally and you let it bother you, you, you know, like, like I look at it, I did have some bad things happen to me with Montreal. It was adversity that a young kid had to face. And some of it I thought was a bit of bullshit. But most of it came from one guy, Michel Therrien. And the other thing is that I didn't handle it well. I could have spoken to him. I could have shaken his hand and gone, Mike, let's talk about this. I never did. So what am I going to do? Let that situation cloud the fact that I played for the Montreal Canadiens? Are you going to let the fact that you broke up with somebody on December 24th, three years ago, ruin Christmas forever? And that girl or that guy is in your head? No, you shouldn't. Right? I'm no, one how to tell, I'm no one to tell you how to live your life, but I don't know. As someone who's been through adversity, I think sometimes it's real, real hard, but you got to dig down deep and realize the big picture and, you know, what's logical here. Am I seeing this through my own subjective eyes? Should I be this pissed off? Can I turn the page? Can I move on? Whatever it might be. I'm relating this to adversity in general. I know I talked about girls. Then I talked about hockey. Then I talked about work. I'm just thinking of things that can create adversity, right? So um, now Dave McIsaac, he's going to be my guest. And McIsaac is a fucking wicked, wicked guest to have, in my opinion. Because uh, I often talk, even last week, me and Jason McDonald, or two weeks ago were talking about, and Blukowicz too, I think, tough guys, the Philadelphia Phantoms of the late 90s. And of all those players, I, I mentioned, I think, Francis Lestert, Steve McLaren, Francis Belanger. Who else? Jesse Bolleris. Oh, there's more. Oh, Frank Bialowis. And for some reason, and this guy, Dave McIsaac, who wasn't like a goon. McIsaac could really play. Um, You know, he was... Defense and he'd get actually look. I'll look up his numbers. I'll look up his numbers. I thought he was a fantastic player, and honestly, I'm surprised he didn't get to the show. Okay, David McCosick 6'2, 225. I remember it being a big presence. Okay, so AHL 80 games, just random year 97, 98. That was my first full year in the A. 80 games he played for Philadelphia, the team that I just mentioned all those guys on. 80 games, 7 goals, 21 assists, 28 minutes or 28 points, 241 penalty minutes. Plus 22. Playoffs, 18 games played, 18 points, 20 minutes. And and it goes on and on. So he played about five, six, oh, looks like eight years in the American League, all with great stats. Went to Russia, played a little bit in the coast at the end of his career. Went to Italy, did well, a point a game, Came back with Danbury, so he or Danbury, so he played. He's one of the Danbury Thrashers in o four o five o five o six, that would have played, um, for the Galantes. So that'll be interesting. And in o seven o eight, he shut her down in Italy. Was his last year, and now he coaches Danbury. He's back in Danbury coaching. So for his second stint. So uh, clearly, they love Dave in Danbury. Um, My my recollection is that he was just an honest player. I won't put him like goon-goon. In my experience, again, it was just three years in the late 90s I played against him. The guys I mentioned were kind of expected to fight. McIsaac was just a fucking... He was a tough guy to play against, but a very, very, I think, underrated player. And uh, I remember playing a bit of forward, too. Maybe I'm wrong. I'll ask him about that. Um, so anyway, I'm looking forward to that. We'll have that up, up for you Friday. As far as people have asked me about the uh, World Juniors, I don't know. I'm going to play it by ear. Like, guys, you know what I mean. My hands are tied. It's not like I can go to some place and do this live feed or something. I suppose I could, but like I'm saying, I'm comfortable where 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 I'm at with this. Um, if you do want to send a message, you know, Terry Ryan twenty twenty at Gmail works. If you, that's usually my route for ordering books. But, uh, I do, I, I find people bring nicer questions and more thought out to email, right? On on TM, especially on Instagram, you might get anything. Uh, and I'm just trying to say this to sort out some of the good questions. I do appreciate the feedback and uh, maybe that's a good route. If you want a book, it's getting overwhelming because of my time. I don't have much time, but, uh, Send me a message, TerryRyan2020 at gmail.com. What I've been doing lately is just going up to the Flanker Press, signing a bunch of books, right? And if I know you ordered one, just add a note. Say ordered a book, and I'll go up and I'll personalize it to you. It's just up the road, and uh, I do appreciate people wanting to get it directly from me because I think it's – well, I know it's a little bit more money when I buy it and resell it for me, and I do appreciate that. That's very loyal fans that are looking out for – they're being very unselfish, but I, I just don't have the time. And uh I want everybody to that wants a book to have one. Um I understand that you guys pay the bills and uh everything I do, whether it's this podcast, shorzy spit and chiclets, it's all based on like real, real loyal fans. And man, I don't know if there's a better, more satisfying feeling. You know, I've I've worked for uh TV stay. I have worked for different sources of media over the years. And you don't usually even know the numbers. You just go and you do your thing and they pay you and you leave, right? Say if I do a hit on, I don't know, Sportsnet or something. When I used to be frequenting Toronto all the time, doing only that, right? I would go in on I think I was on Tim and Sid a couple times, although Sid was never there. Uh I do the NHL serious Satellite Radio. You know, when I'm doing that stuff, you don't really know what the numbers are, but I know that I work at this, and when I look at Shorzy, and, you know, you're trying to get... You're, you're hoping that you can... You know, the show can get continued um, for more seasons. You know, it's based on numbers. When... I'm with spit and chicklets and we do a live show you know it's it's based on the audience feedback so w- one doesn't happen without the other often you can get if I just show up and do a hit for somebody and leave and get paid you don't really see the process but I see the process and uh, I know it because uh, of the nice feedback I get and the numbers and the sponsorship and all that so it doesn't go unnoticed and I really will in 2023 I don't want to rip anybody off. I'm going to come out with some clothing line. I'm going to put it on my Instagram. Okay, you know, you're just going to say view shop. I'm going to take you there. I'm going to try to get something for my dad, more for him than anything. Uh, I don't. I don't. I'm not in this for the money. I, it's got to be worth my while. I enjoy making a dollar, but really, really, I mean this. Uh, I keep an eye out. I'm going to go as cheap as I can with these things. Um, you know, I don't want it to cost me money, but other than that. We're going to put out some merch and everybody's going to win here maybe some ideas you know because my my tails with tr i find is very self-centered spitting chicklets is such a great name you know missing curfew is a great name i i, I picked tails with tr with my own face on there so it's tough to reproduce with merch although i think i'm going to do some stuff with chuck and knuckles my buddy ryan Mugford uh they they he's got a clothing company and was thinking about maybe starting a podcast i don't know where he's going to go with that but i love chuck and knuckles gear and i think we might just work together anyway check it out soon coming up um and anyway yeah uh jeez i forgot what i was going to say it's time for me to go it's time for me to go i'm burnt out i'm going to have a few beers penny lane's gone and that kills me but I might as well take advantage of some downtime and head down to Merchant Tavern right now. And if you were going to go downtown and eat, I'd think you were going to go to Merchant Tavern, Blue on Water. Or, of course, check out Wedgwood Cafe on Elizabeth Avenue. If you're going to go for a beer, go where I'm going to go tonight. Go to TJ's, Trinity Pub, Rob Boy Confusion, Greensleeves Pub, or the Bull and Barrel. Or go to all of Them. them. Uh, that's where I like to have a beer. And uh, it's served me well so far. Great spots on George Street. If you're going... If you want to work out, you want to get in a good rhythm, positive attitude, go to Ryan, check out power conditioning on rope, walk lane. I'm going again tomorrow morning. I'm addicted. I love it for the strength, balance and mind for the body and mind, power conditioning on rope, walk lane. It is just awesome. And Ryan power is uh, second to none. I don't know if I've ever seen so many personal trainers, any personal trainers, sorry, uh, take it as seriously. And, uh, develop such personal connections with everybody, and he knows each person he works with uh, you know, very specifically. I I love working with Ryan. He doesn't take too many people on. He's got a great little gym there, and everybody gets some of his attention. I had an agent back in the day, Wayne Gretzky's agent. It was great to have a great agent, but I never really got to talk to him because uh, he had too many people and he was too busy. Ryan Power is one of the best fucking sports minds i know when it comes to the body the physiology of it all and uh he's right there on rope walk lane so check it out it's not only personal training there's some ass adult courses things like that sky's the limit so check it out power conditioning and of course of course mr lube if you know to check if you've got to change your tires if you need an oil change if you need just about anything to do with your car and lube check out mr lube two locations In St. John's, Torbay Road and Cam Mount Road, run by my buddy Chris Sparks. Live, laugh, lube. And, of course, true hockey, take what's yours. Pitbull Pain Relief. Pain sticks that are unbelievable. Go to pitbullpainrelief.com. My buddy Merle will take care of you, folks. This has been 134A, 134B in just a couple of days with Dave McIsaac. I apologize. I didn't get to a song or album of the week this time, but I'll make up for it at the first part of my MacIsaac interview, I promise you. Thanks again for tuning in. I'll be back in just a few days. Catch you on The Rebound.